Hello and welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Fire and Rice podcast. Hey guys, we're back, and it's just going to be Drew and I today. We kicked Charlie out. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't cut it. We kicked him all the way to Taiwan. No, we didn't cut him out. He's he's on a trip, and uh, we thought we'd just take a pause today, just Eugene and I, debrief a little bit of how our podcast has been being received and the comments that we've been receiving, and just kind of uh, take a little pause because we've had some intense ones. Oh, super intense. <laughs> Yeah, I hope we didn't overload anybody too much with some of those. They're pretty heavy, packed with stuff. You're so intense, Eugene. <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking. I'm, I'm the intense one. Drew, you were bringing it. <laughs> just for the record, people, I, I'm, I'm intense, I'll admit. And I, I'm actually holding back. Well, I think that's the thing. You've got quite a rich background. Before we even get to that, I just want to say, hey, Charlie, I, I hope you're having a great time in Taiwan. Yeah. Safe travels, buddy. Eat a lot of fried pork chop, fried chicken in the streets bubble tea. Eat it up, Charlie. Yeah. So actually, Drew, you you do bring a lot to the table. So one of the things that listeners were asking is, what is your background? What is your church background? Yeah. You're too kind, Eugene. Always making me feel good, bro. Appreciate that, Grace. What people may not have known is that I didn't grow up in the church. People always relate with like David or, or John in the Bible. I never could relate with those people like Joseph in the Bible or Moses. I don't relate with any of those people. I think I relate with like Simon the Sorcerer or like the Gentiles, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the ungodly ones, you know, (laughs) the unrighteous ones. I didn't grow up in the church. I, uh, first believer in my family, though one of my testimonies is, uh, that God allowed me to baptize my parents and I was able to lead my sister to Christ as well probably one of the most beautiful things in my life. I got to baptize my parents and bring my whole family to Christ. It took a while. Oh, my sister actually came to Christ just like one year after I did. But my parents, it was a long journey. So I didn't grow up in the church. So I often felt like a black sheep. You know, I didn't talk like the church folks. (laughs) And uh, the questions I asked were not necessarily uh, typical church questions. I just want to know how in the world was Jonah swallowed by a whale. <laughs> is, what, is that what started your Christian journey, Jonah? <laughs> the children's book? <laughs> well, even the Old Testament, it was so challenging for me. I always say I'm Old Testament challenged. I, I can just read the New Testament. But what I would do is I would go to the bookstores and I would read the children's Bible in order to understand the Old Testament. So like with pictures and <laughs> like you know, five sentences about, you know, the book of Esther. (laughs) We were just studying the, um, of Genesis uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we're all laughing at that typical children's book picture of the little ark with all the animals hanging off the side. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, I didn't grow up in the church. I just came to love Jesus. I thought that that's what you do. And I had an amazing experience with the church in the beginning it wasn't until I became a pastor <laughs> and then now God's been giving me a PhD on like church drama and some of the dysfunctions of the church in all different countries in different denominations and different groups where, uh, as I said, I, I'm, I'm often a, a firefighter trying to uh, restore from scandal or crisis where I've quickly learned that authenticity is not necessarily celebrated. 
in the church context sometimes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the other side of the fire, fire and rice, the firefighter. Yeah. So that's a little bit about my background. I actually feel very comfortable with people that are sort of unchurched or, or skeptical about church or almost like anti-institution or uh, suspicious of you know, religion. The, the truth is that that's my crowd. That's my people. You got to love the church. That's what scripture says is husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, right? Ephesians 5, which means Christ loves the church. So I try to speak honestly and frankly about the church actually because I love the church and I believe in the church in spite of the church. Oh, that brings up a good point, Drew. I think one of the comments that we got was we do a good job on this podcast of. Oh, so here it is. Hey, Drew, nicely done, brother. I listened to the podcasts and I really appreciate the spirit, posture, and authenticity of what y'all are doing. It feels raw, but not cynical. Well-produced, will likely minister to each of you just as much as your audience. Congrats. Wow. I love that comment. Yeah. Raw, but not cynical. I love that too, man. I'm like, yes, thank you, God. I really love that comment. I feel that that really captures you, Drew. Honestly, probably one of your greatest strengths is being able to look at the different sides for any different topic that we're covering. You know, and it's really difficult to ride that balance too. I I feel like it's like standing on a balance beam. It's so easy to fall to one side or the other, Mm. right? To be overly cynical or be overly apologetic. Mm. But I think to be able to look at things really clear eyed and represent the balance different sides of that view is really helpful for people. You know, what's your thoughts on that? I look at it just from authentic relationship perspective. If I can't be honest with you, then it means that I don't trust you on certain levels. So I will always be honest with people that I care about and I love. And I do love the church. So we're teetering on that line of, okay, we have to be honest about the warts, but also about the good. That's what we hope to do here. And I I think the Holy Spirit is the spirit of freedom, the spirit of truth, which means we need to be honest about both the good and the bad of church. Another thing that I thought of was that People always ask me pretty hard questions and they want an easy answer. And my approach is always to not just give a prescriptive, one-dimensional, easy answer that's reductionistic, but how do we think through this topic so that we can actually grow in discernment, not just think from a black and white standpoint, but be able to see the grays behind the black and white so that we can actually be unifiers rather than destroyers. We can be bridge builders rather than those that just throw stones. But trust me, sometimes you, know, you got to throw some stones, right? Because <laughs> there's some big walls up and the only way to, to break through is, is to throw stones. But I really appreciated that comment from a friend and, and your, your affirmation as well because it's like confirmation. Like, yes! Yeah. I can border on the line of almost cynical, but I'm not because I I actually do love the church. Yeah. And I really hope that can be 
of the strength of this podcast is to be able to consider all these different dimensions of Christianity in fullness. It's not easy to do, but that's our core values. Yeah, I just want to thank the listeners. You know, we've gotten so much encouragement. One person is like, every time I listen, I get something else. So they listen to it more than once, especially the Bible one, episode three. They got It's like three episodes in one. <laughs> yeah, we got that coming too, right? And we hear you that maybe we should break that one up into three. And we, we're with you on that. Um, there was so much in that episode. Yeah, but let's kind of talk one question. How do we begin if we just want to get more of the Holy Spirit? Say we're part of a church tradition that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not working in your church. It's just not as emphasized. And maybe you're strong in the cerebral aspect of spirituality, but weak in the experiential side and actually experiencing God. Like, How do, we, how do they get started? That's one of the questions I got. How do we get started with the Holy Spirit? Oh, great question. Yeah, okay. Where to get started with that one? How about by just attending church to begin with? Right? Every church has a lot of strengths and weaknesses. Every church. What about attending different churches? Hmm. Not just isolating themselves to one church. I know that's not embraced by a lot of people, or maybe it's discouraged, actually. Yeah, I think that's a little tough too, Eugene. People have limited time. They don't want to waste their time. And also, there's so many churches out there. Yeah. You know, you look at their website to kind of get a feel for who they are, and you don't know if they're like a cult that I'm going to. (laughs) Yeah. How do I vet it? Yeah. Yeah. So, but in my pastoral guidance is, yes, expose yourself to different faith traditions. Check out Assemblies of God, Pentecostal churches, even like Bethel is is strong, Holy Spirit-rich tradition and their emphasis. Churches that they talk about the Holy Spirit, train people up in the Holy Spirit, worship in the Holy Spirit, where you can kind of feel a clean presence, where you can let down your guard. Because I really believe the Holy Spirit comes against religiosity. And whenever you start to feel like, oh my God, I have to act a certain way or put up a face, probably a correlation with less of the Holy Spirit in that place. So obviously, look at their statement of faith, make sure that their Bible is highlighted that they believe in the inspired, infallible word of God, the scriptures. There's a high emphasis of, of the authority of the Bible. Christ being the solution for the problems of the world, the sin of the world. Who Christ is, called Christology, that he is uh, God in human form, second person of the Trinity, died on the cross for the sins of humanity, and resurrected on the third day. If you look in the statement of faith, and they have... Uh, emphasis on the Bible and Jesus being a Trinitarian. Uh, everything else is more of the, we call it tertiary things. So that's the primary. As long as the church has that in their statement of faith, try to look for one that, that has uh, emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And again, expect some of the stereotypes, meaning if you go to a more Pentecostal or Assemblies of God church, you're going to get exposure to things that you're not exposed to normally in a more conservative, non charismatic tradition, but you're going to have like super long worship sets. (laughs) Maybe uh, people say stuff like, oh, God said this or God said that. You know, try to look at it with a discerning eye. Obviously, not everything someone says that God says is what God says. (laughs) And and to be able to discern (laughs) that. and But maybe something they just don't articulate in the way that you can receive it or makes you comfortable with try to listen through the eyes of the Spirit according to with your discernment as well. 
with the sober mindedness that you have, but being open and not cynical and not with walls up. Right. That's really good. Yeah. So that's the first thing. I don't know what else, Eugene. Oh, let me just add to that too and say that one of the things that I find about Holy Spirit cultivating churches is that right off the bat, maybe even to start the worship, they're already praying out loud to invite the Holy Spirit, to bring the Holy Spirit into the church service. That's something that's always remarkable to me because there's a lot of churches I go to where they never mention that in the whole service. Oh yeah, that's very practical. Yeah, I think that's always just a key differentiator between Holy Spirit-friendly churches. Yeah, and I and I want to acknowledge that there are abuses in any more experiential or emotional context, especially when it pertains to religion. That has to be acknowledged. There has been a lot of woundedness because of emotional manipulation, using God for personal agendas. Like, hey, God told me this and God told me that. You have to be careful with that, obviously. For me, I, I will say, hey, I sense the Lord saying this to me. I sense. I could be fallible. I'm not infallible. I could be wrong. But sometimes I'm like, I'm, I doubt it. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I doubt it because I, I, I've, I've been vetted on this one. But that has to be acknowledged that there is sometimes some weirdness in those circles. It's not as down to earth. You know, I told you, Eugene, about the guy that came up to me and was like, God wanted me to introduce myself to you. You know? <laughs> I was a little more cynical earlier on. I was like, dude, you're weird, man. Why do you have to? <laughs> that could be very flattering. Yeah, no, it was flattering. If I had more purity in my heart, yeah, I would be like, oh, that's, that's really flattering. Maybe he feels intimidated. I don't know. Because my first instinct was like, oh, did you not want to introduce yourself to me? But God had to tell you and you're, you were like, you know, all, all these thoughts came into my mind. Yeah, sometimes we don't have to say God told me to introduce myself to you, right? But maybe God did. Now, if somebody does that, I'm not as cynical. Or Honestly, there is sometimes an over-spiritualism in those circles. And we need to learn from each tradition. It's like family secrets, family dishes, especially in these times. It's a dark world. People are struggling out there. And we really need to learn from each tradition, the good of each tradition, and have more charity and not be like, our group is the only one that's doing God's work. And we just harp on what their weaknesses are or they're not as biblical. Yeah, maybe so, but God's can still use them or uh, maybe we bring a really good intellectual view of scripture, but well, okay. We got to learn from other people because your mind sometimes plays tricks on you and not all of your rational thought is good. And not everybody can access that level of education that you think you have. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that's got to be acknowledged. Yeah. And how about just going out and meeting other people from different traditions, different churches with different cultures, and interacting with them? What they're like to talk with. People that are walking in the spirit are going to really show that. That's really going to come shining through. Yeah. That's why I love what we're doing, Eugene, to be honest. It's the more we get the Holy Spirit in our lives, the more we're going to love the Bible. We're not going to be against the Bible. We will have heard God's voice properly in the Bible through the Holy Spirit, which is through the real Jesus. So you're going to be more discerning of scripture. You'll have more love in your heart towards different people of different cultures. It all goes back to the Holy Spirit and being able to 
connect with different brothers and sisters in Christ in different traditions really correlates with the leading of the Holy Spirit in your own life. The more you get the Holy Spirit, the more you can connect with people of different faith traditions. But if you don't, you find people that you sense are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then they will be able to also influence you or help encourage you towards more of the Holy Spirit's words and leading in your life. Having access to friends of the Holy Spirit, cultivating friends of the Holy Spirit, and praying with Him. Yeah. We kind of mentioned before in a previous episode how hard it is to even get ourselves to church sometimes. Yeah. We tend to get in these bizarre, irrational arguments right before church so that it's really hard to be present for the sermon. When you sit down and read the Bible, there's always so much distraction or all of a sudden I'm very tired. Same thing with prayer. I just can't find that moment where I'm fully conscious or my mind wanders. But having that posture where we just invite uh, God to be with us, to empower us for those moments of our time with Him, that seems like another level of the relationship we already stepped into. Yeah. And God understands the limitations of our lives, even when we're super busy. You know, I remember I lived in Taiwan. We had a restaurant. I was also the lead pastor of a church, and I had four kids in a oh. different country <laughs> where I didn't speak the language that well. The, wow. The country. I was like, oh my gosh. Layers of challenge. And you say, pray. You need to pray more. And you hear that message in church, right? And the truth is, God understands our limitation, and maybe we don't have the space or the bandwidth in our lives during that season. And so what I would do is it's more depending on God and just saying a short prayer. I didn't even have the words for a season. I I had no words because I was so exhausted. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me one night and says, just breathe me in. And that was kind of a prayer, just breathe. And then I would just focus on the presence of God. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And then words would come, even in my fatigue. And I would mysteriously feel drawn closer to the presence of God, even in the midst of my grinding 70, 80 hours a week work. You know, <laughs> mm. so. and I think it was also key that you were out of your element too. Right? You mentioned that this was very powerful when you're in Taiwan, Korea. So any words of wisdom to offer mm. people about getting out of their comfort zone, maybe going on to mission trips? maybe spending time in another country, stepping even a little bit further out of their comfort zone. Oh, wow. Yeah, thank you so much for that, Eugene. The truth is, the Holy Spirit wants to work on our independence. You grow up in America, independence is fostered, nurtured, and promoted. But God wants us to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. And so, missions trips, such a good beginning intro to tasting the leading of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, missions trips are good. Anything cross-cultural where you can't just rely on your own education and have confidence in the flesh and what your culture is accustomed to. It was a very humbling for someone like me that grew up in the U.S. and I felt like I made it as far as influence and could navigate. And then to go to a different country and be at the bottom of the totem pole where I didn't understand anything. It was very humiliating too to need God to help me with basic things. And that's what propelled me to humble myself before God. And, and that's the sort of the soil that, we're, that allowed the Holy Spirit 
to teach me. Whereas before, it's like nothing can separate us from the love of God. But I sense God saying, all right, you got it then. Since you've got everything in control, you don't need me then. You can just experience me the way you want to experience me according to the box that you've created and keep me at bay. Anyway, so cross-cultural, going on missions trips. It's such a good perspective on travel. We often have a view of travel to accumulate interesting experiences you know, and to see beautiful or different mm. things. Mm. But this is a very spiritual perspective, right? Yeah. To say that when you do that, right, you're opening yourself up to be able to have different spiritual experiences too because you're yeah. moving out of the known and you're removing your reliance on yourself. Yeah. And we do need that comfort as well, the familiarity. But I think God wants to be the one that comforts you. And he wants us to be with the people of God, those that are kingdom-minded, Bible-focused, Holy Spirit-filled. Ultimately, that's who we're going to be with in heaven. So just imagine, this is very provocative, but you spend your whole life being around people that are just in your fraternity of the flesh. You have the same humor, maybe same race, and you get to heaven, you're like, oh, I wasn't even supposed to be with that people. I know that's very provocative, but um, that's where sanctification comes. God wants to sanctify us to be people of the spirit and not in the world's sort of tribalism or whatever fraternity or sorority that you feel comfortable with your group, that the fellowship is based on something other than Christ, the presence of God as the core. Now, trust me, I, I love to have fun. You know, you know me, Eugene. I'm a dancer. I play ball. I love food. I'm always coming against the stigmas. When I say, oh, you need to be with Holy Spirit people, they think, oh, we're just praying all day and talking about the Bible all day. No, 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 no. It's actually, <laughs> life in the Spirit is very fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> the best adventure. The best adventure. Yeah, the greatest adventure. It's almost like the irony is that it's when we can step out of our comfort that we can actually find the comfort of God. Whoa, that, that's a good word right there, dude. Yeah. Yeah, because we all have our ways of comforting ourselves, and I, God understands that. But ultimately, God's waiting there. He wants to be the one that comforts us. Be still. Mm. Be still and know that I am God. Mm. Psalm 46. It always goes back to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. So are we going to recommend any books today, Drew? Yeah, there's a book by Graham Cook called Approaching the Heart of Biblical Prophecy. I think it's a great entry into more of the things of the Spirit. Secondly, a book by my good friend, Mike Neely. Um, let me look this up real quick, okay? While you're looking that up, I'll mention a book by Jack Deere. It's called Why Am I Still Surprised by the Power of the Holy Spirit? I highly recommend that book for people who are wondering about the Holy Spirit and whether it's real, whether it's biblical, um, whether that's something just from the early days of the early church or if it extends till today book is so good it was so instrumental for me nice yeah no i recommend that book too i actually had to do a uh paper on that book while i was in seminary on why it was not biblical <laughs> <laughs> how did that go <laughs> well god changed my mind yeah so. right <laughs> yeah i mean jack Deere does a great job of contemplating exactly what you were asked to study 
because he came from this as a cessationist. Yeah. Okay. So the book is called Hearing the Heartbeat of God by Mike Neely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what's great about this one is it has activation prayers at the end of each chapter. Mike and I are good friends and we have the same philosophies that we need to bring demonstration. We need to take people into the practice and to experience God. And we can't just, these are the 10 points. These are the biblical stories and that's it. You kind of figure it out for yourself. We take a, a travel, a tour guide mentality, not just a travel agent mentality. Travel agent says, you give you a brochure, you figure it out for yourself, maybe hit or miss. We try to be tour guides. And so this is a book that really helps with that. Uh, hearing the heartbeat of God. All right. Yeah, so Drew, again, that was just a great discussion. Yeah, I'm going to read this uh, comment from a sister. By the way, we're going to get more sisters in, in on this podcast. Don't worry, ladies. I'm uh, excited to bring on some of the sisters that walk in the spirit too. One sister texted me this comment about fire and rice. She said, this is so necessary. The three steps to this and putting God in a box just doesn't cut it anymore. Today's generation wants the authentic stuff and proof. That's what we hope to do, man. We're praying that those listeners, as you meditate on the word and the spirit, that stuff will just happen in their lives. That God will just be poured out. Yeah. So listeners, keep sending us your messages, your encouragement, your questions. And we're just going to keep bringing them on to the future versions of the podcast. All right, man. We miss you, Charlie. Hopefully, uh, you won't be uh, 30 pounds heavier when you get back. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you are, Charlie. No, eat a lot of good food, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Drew, do you have any closing comments before we uh, cut out? Any downloads during this session? No, I think that's it. I think I released everything. (laughs) Wow. That's the first time I've heard you say that. (laughs) Whoa, I've got nothing to say. It's a miracle. (laughs) Another sign and wonder. (laughs) Our God is the lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain For the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains And every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb Every knee will bow before Him Oh, you are seated on the throne